Hey, this is Jim. And Ralph. And uh, this is Psychology Takeaway, where we look at some of the uh, problems uh, that are confronting us, and we attempt to uh, uh, look at psychology as a way of uh, answering some of the conundrums that uh, uh, we face as uh, individuals or we face as uh, groups. Oh, Ralph, do we have any conundrums that you can think of here? Oh, we have lots of conundrums, Jim, and uh, I'm... Uh... I'm particularly uh, disquieted by the state of the nation right now, uh, and it seems like we have two sides who are just incredibly disposed to conflict and no compromise, no, uh, no what can we do to get along together kind of movements. They're just my way or the highway. Okay, you're talking about uh, the uh, upcoming impeachment of uh, the president or the removal of the president, President Trump from office or... Well, the, that and the uh, invasion of the Capitol building. Uh, reactions to that. Yeah. Reactions to that. I mean, I think if you want to cast blame here, you have to throw a pretty wide net. Yeah. So, you know, if we uh, have our listeners scratching their head and saying, well, what are these guys talking about? It sounds like political science to me. Actually, we know quite a lot about conflict resolution and uh, how people could behave uh, differently in a constructive manner, right? We do. Okay. And I was talking to one of my clients yesterday, a 15-year-old girl, and uh, I asked what the discussion had been in her high school class about the events of the past week or so. And uh, she said, well, they weren't permitted to talk about it. And another uh, young child had told me the same thing. And I thought this was a, a great opportunity to be able to, to begin to look at conflict, people having different uh, opinions, and to see how they could uh, resolve that conflict. And so the 15-year-old and I talked for a while, and she came up with, well, maybe we could get them talking to one another. And, uh, yeah, that, that's where we kind of ended our, our session. And uh, we know from research, and I'm going to talk about some psychology research, that just communication isn't enough. You know, because I can communicate my thing, you can communicate your thing, and we could still be at loggerheads. Yeah, and part of the problem that we have, not only in in the halls of Congress, uh, but also in our own daily lives, is lots of us fall heir to the sin of confirmation bias, and we only listen to the side that supports our view. Right, so that one side is listening to you know, Rush Limbaugh, and the other side is reading stuff on uh, Huffington Post, and never the twain shall meet, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good Good point. So, um, just plain getting people to talk uh, it might be a, a, an okay step, uh, but it doesn't seem to be sufficient. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about that. Um, another uh, thing that people uh, have talked about you know, in the past is just... Uh, uh, getting people together, getting groups of, that are dissimilar, you know, together and having them interact with each other. We talked about this last week when we talked about modeling. You know, if we see somebody else behaving in a rational, uh, 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 
uh, pro-social way, you know, we might end up with a different opinion about that particular group, that particular out group. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that can that can even be something as small as uh, well at at my university uh, a number of years ago. We used to have a uh, Friday afternoon happy hour that was uh, by invitation, every department could come. Uh And so the math people got to talk to the psychology people who talked to the English people who talked to etc., etc. And we all end up learning a little more about what was going on at the university. Okay. Now that is a you know a, a setting at a university, and uh, uh, apparently it doesn't quite work in the real world when there is sort of deep-seated conflict between um, well, groups. The, the Capulets and the Montagues are great examples of that. Or the what was it in in uh, West Side Story? What was the, the name of the uh, the Sharks and the Jets? Sharks and the Jets. Okay, no. No good resolution there. With with um, Romeo and Juliet, the Cap- Capulets and Montagues, the two tribes did get together at the end after the death of the stars of each of the tribes. You know, yeah. The death of Romeo yeah. and the death of, of uh, uh, Juliet. Juliet, yeah. yeah. And in our country, we've seen people or groups of people getting together Seemingly, like after 9-11. Do you remember what the the world was like after 9-11? Yeah, and, you know, there was a, a much greater feeling of unity throughout the, the country. Now, if we go back even before 9-11, if we look at uh, 1950s, the Korean War, there was a sense of unity. 1940s. World War One. there was a sense of unity. Okay, the deal here is that we had some sort of huge um, uh, enemy, right? And we had right. to come together to solve the problem, which was get rid of that enemy. And right at the moment, uh, we don't, uh, other than the shadow enemy that people point to in terms of Russia or China, depending on who you're listening to, uh, we don't have a, uh, a Russian bear or a Chinese dragon rearing their head and being a clear and present danger. They, they could be there, but we're not seeing it. That's but, what you're saying, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, but in in uh, World War um, Two, we were attacked by an outside force. Yes, and in 9-11 we were attacked by an outside force. Okay, there's a saying, and maybe you can retrieve it, that uh, uh, something to the effect of, I fight with my brother, my brother fights with me, but if somebody fights with my brother and I, we fight with them. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not advocating that uh, somebody, you know, drop a weapon on us, but that is one way, I think, that we do see some, some cooperation. Well, and that leads us to the idea of we have problems now as a country. Okay. But what we do not have, uh, quite so much as times past, is a supraordinate problem. Like the 
the war. Like the war. Yeah, or, or like the attack on uh, 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 the Twin Towers. Okay, right. So you can come together to turf out the <clears throat> nasty Republicans, or you can come together to turf out the evil Democrats, but you cannot come together to face one overriding problem. Okay. Well, you know, today we're in the middle of this uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Wouldn't that, wouldn't you think that would have been the, what do you call it, a superordinate? Uh, superordinate problem, problem. Or, go or goal, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, I would have thought that. And uh, the... Uh, yeah, I think I have it. We can understand somebody attacking us. Yes. Uh, but it's hard to get your head wrapped around something that you can barely see attacking us. Yeah, you know? and, and the thing with that is, you know, um, you can't shoot a virus. Right. Uh, and so we have this... Um, this operation that the president, the leaving president, put into uh, place that got us two viruses, two vaccines, uh, in a record amount of time. And yet, it didn't bring the nation together in the way that I thought it would have. Yeah. In fact, it kind of... Um separated some of us. I've heard people saying, I'm, I don't trust the, uh, the, the vaccines or, you know, I don't trust the people who are telling me to take the vaccines. I don't trust Dr. X or Dr. Y, you know, so. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't know how you build trust uh, in a, well, Jim, you were talking about it uh, a little while ago and it, it made a lot of sense to me. When we think of uh, probably 95% of the people in American government uh, elected office are trained lawyers. Aha, uh -huh. and a lot of the training, I, I, this is not lawyer bashing, but they are trained to seek the truth, but they're also tr trained to fight for their, what, their own opinion. Their, their, their client, I suppose. Their client, yeah. yeah. And in, in this case, their client is, should be, first, the people they represent at home, and secondly, the party that they belong to to become uh, a candidate and get elected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, maybe some of them, it looks like, uh, are uh, mainly looking out after themselves uh, first and foremost but that's another that's another, another issue yeah. yeah well again people might be saying well what what does psychology research say and uh, i was thinking about that this morning and i was thinking back to a study that was done a long time ago by a psychologist named sharif and uh, his uh, first name is unpronounceable to me but uh, begins with an m and uh, this was called the Robber's Cave Study, and it was done in Oklahoma back in the uh, oh, 1950s, I believe. And it was an interesting study, it was a field study, um, and it involved 12-year-old boys, uh, about 22 of them, and uh, uh, they were randomly selected and assigned to one of two groups, 
they ended up, called, one group called themselves the Eagles and the other group called themselves the Rattlers. And for the first five or six days where these kids were at camp, they were kept uh, away from each other. So neither the Eagles nor the Rattlers knew of the existence of the others. And we saw team building going on. We saw a sense of identity going on so that, uh, oh, the, the Rattlers had their own flag, the Eagles had their own flag, they had uh, their, their names, Eagles or Rattlers were stenciled on their uh, shirts. I mean, so this was, the, the first part of the study was to give each of the groups a strong sense of comrad camaraderie. And camaraderie, and the other thing that happened at this time was uh, leadership emerged from within the group. So mm. there were certain boys who became leaders of the group and others who were content to sort of sit back and, and you know, participate in activities and have, have a good time, but not be out there, okay, we're going to design the flag. Yeah, well, right. Okay, so phase two, and this is the sneaky uh, part, and it's the part that a lot of people you know, would say, uh, hey, you psychologists are doing it again. You're, you're manipulating uh, people and, uh, you know, nobody gave their consent to be manipulated. And it's all true. Yeah. It's, it's all true, but it's a 1950 study. So in 1950, we did not have any of the informed consent doctrines in place that came in in 1974. Right. Right. So, you know, this was, you, you cannot judge the actions of people in the past by the standards of today and come to a reasonable conclusion. Okay, yeah, that's, that's another, another discussion, isn't it? Uh, you know, you can't, yeah, anyhow, we're not going to talk about tearing down statues today. But <laughs> we're going to talk about what uh, Sharif and his group did next. So they had four to five days where they... Uh, deliberately instilled conflict uh, between the two groups. They introduced the groups to each other with their identities, and then they began to uh, do things, to arrange things, so that the group um, uh, began to dislike each other. Uh, one group was uh, uh, really reinforced for their competitive nature, so, so reinforced that uh, they took over the, the uh, baseball diamond and uh, wouldn't let the other group on the diamond. I think it was the Rattlers that uh, did that, and they kept the Eagles off. Why? Because there was going to be a competition, and the winner of the competition was going to get some sort of a prize, and the Rattlers were pretty sure that they were going to get you know, the prize. And so yeah. they did everything to, to discourage uh, uh, competence on the part of the, uh, the uh, Eagles. Um, some, there was some sort of a rumor went around, and they started to uh, yell and scream at each other, obscenities at perhaps, you know, 12-year-old boys, you know, could be. Um, one uh, group, I think it was the Rattlers, one day you know, went into the Eagles' cabin and completely ransacked the cabin. It was you know, pretty nasty pretty quickly. Yeah. And then in phase three, it would be, you know, had... had uh, Sharif just let the kids go home at this point. That wouldn't be a good thing. So he said to himself, well, what can we do to, to uh, now reduce the conflict? How can we get these uh, people to work together? If not necessarily trust each other, at least you know, work in some sort of a... Uh, what, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
civil, I guess, yeah. manner, right? Because uh, that's what we talked about earlier. We're not seeing a lot of civility, are we? No. Uh, certainly what, what we hear uh, coming out of the political arena these days is, is not uh, the gentleman from uh, Oklahoma. A gentleman is said with a tone of loathing if he is from the other side. Yeah, okay. So initially they tried some of the things that we've mentioned. They tried just to have the groups communicate with each other. Really didn't work. They had to uh, just put the groups together so they had contact with each other, so they could see that the other group doesn't, you know, have a tail and horns. That didn't really work. So, what is the solution? And it comes back to that word that you used a few minutes ago, Ralph, superordinate. Yeah, they had to find uh, a goal for both groups, that the groups could work together, but that they couldn't accomplish with either group working alone. Yeah, so just like in warfare, wartime, we all pull together, these kids had to pull together in order to solve a problem. And the, the uh, uh, researchers, I think, were kind of uh, creative in their, uh, in their selection of a problem. One was the drinking water problem, and the other was the uh, movie night problem. Sounds like a small thing, unless you happen to be at uh, camp and all of a sudden the water supply disappears. Mm -hmm. And so, initially, the two groups blamed each other for the water disappearing. The Rattlers said it was the Eagles that did something, the Eagles said it was the Rattlers that did something. And then the two groups began to look to see what exactly was going on, and uh, they found that the water pipe outlet had been had been blocked somehow in a way that couldn't have been blocked by either the rattlers or the the eagles but they had to work together to unblock the uh the water outlet yeah. now this is only about a 45 minute thing it took them to that 45 minutes to do it but uh, they had to cooperate and they had to work together now, yeah and you know that uh that was the first thing that really brought the two groups uh, together other than uh, in a social setting where they were talking with each other and didn't like each other to the point where they could say, well, you know, that guy from the other group, he had a good idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm, I'm more willing to tolerate and even kind of like uh, some of the guys in that other group. Yeah. And again, um, the, the uh, things that didn't work were, you know, showing uh, uh, showing a movie or having a fireworks display, uh, just the the contact. But it was the actual working together to solve a problem that brought the or lessened the conflict yeah. between the two groups. Now the movie night thing was kind of an interesting one, you know. Also, uh, the uh, uh, unbeknownst to the to the uh, investigators, some of the, uh, I say unbeknownst, they, they knew it, but they hadn't controlled for it. Uh, some of the boys in the Eagle group uh, had left. They had left the camp and they'd gone home early. Um, just keep that in mind, okay, Ralph? Okay. Okay. Now, the uh, experimenters brought the two groups together and said, okay, we've got some movies here uh, that... Uh, 
you might like to see. Uh, one was Treasure Island. Yay! Everyone said, let's, let's watch Treasure Island. Another one was Kidnapped. Yay! Let's watch, you know, Kidnapped. And so both of the groups um, agreed that uh, it was uh, a good thing to, you know, watch Kidnapped or, or uh, and Treasure Island. Then the experimenters said, well, the movies are going to cost $15. You know, it was back before Netflix, right? Yeah. And uh, tell you what. Uh, the Rattlers put in uh, 350, the uh, Eagles put in 350, and uh, the Camp will put in seven bucks or eight bucks. Yeah. Okay. And they agreed. Now the interesting thing here, Ralph, is that the two groups put in an unequal share of money. Yeah, because some kids from the Eagle, a couple of them, had gone home. So each kid in the Eagle group had to put in a little bit more money than the kids in the Rattler group. But, but that wasn't a problem. No, I mean, there was no uh, whining or this is unfair or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, the kind of thing you might think of for a 2020 kid, uh, you know, why me? <laughs> if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Like yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So they uh, they watched the movies. Um, they uh, began to uh, sit with, not in their customary places in the, the mess hall. That, uh, uh, one kid who's a rattler might accidentally be uh, seated yeah. next to a, to a uh, uh, an eagle. But they weren't forced to it. You know, they, they made their own decisions at, decisions, this, at yeah. this point. So, um, yeah, we saw then at that point the contact actually probably working. But when it was forced contact, you know, it didn't work. Didn't work, yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things that uh, came to me a moment ago is uh, if you want a, an example of this, uh, to talk about with uh, with kids at home, uh, Harry Potter comes to mind. How so? Well, Gryffindor and the houses. Okay. So we've got uh -huh. you know Slytherin. We've got <laughs> and so uh, we've got uh, deliberately people are sorted into groups and they're assigned to a group, and then for the first year. There's great distrust and dislike between the groups. By the end of the stories, uh, some of the groups, some of the individuals in the groups seem to like people in other groups, and they work together. Hmm. Okay. So, I think one of the a takeaway from either Harry Potter or the Robert Cave uh, study is that some interventions could possibly work, right? Right. Okay, now, you mentioned a little bit ago that a lot of our politicians are primarily attorneys, and the attorney is often, you know, a, a litigator and, and really there to, you know, defend his or her client, perhaps. Um, so I wonder if we could teach people like at the university level or at the high school level, I wonder if we could teach people how to solve 
interpersonal conflicts. What do you think? Well, I think so. Uh, I taught a class uh, oh, a number of years ago, but uh, for four or five times on interpersonal conflict resolution. But there's another class that we're going to talk about from a Canadian university that I think gives us uh, some good ideas about how that might be set up. Okay, let's have the uh, professor from that university uh, talk to us. Hi, I'm Eric Lepp. I'm a visiting assistant professor at Conrad Grable University College at the University of Waterloo. Uh, I teach on the Peace and Conflict Studies 201 class. That's the roots of conflict, violence, and peace. Uh, PAX 201 is a course that is open to anyone and everyone at the university. We look at uh, different disciplines and the ways they encounter and view and frame peace, uh, conflict, and violence. Uh, so we look at things like nature and nurture, debate uh, psychology versus biology. We look at large political systems, sort of the realist perspective versus a more global governance cooperative approach. We look at the idea of conflict resolution versus conflict transformation and the dynamics between those two. And we look at uh, nonviolence as a, an approach to building uh, peace in our everyday lives. So we look at things like uh, climate change. We look at things like indigenous perspectives on peace. We look at uh, gendered uh, and feminist approaches to building peace. Um, and so we marry all these different things in this large survey course and uh, have a lot of fun doing it. And the, the the purpose behind this course is to let us as students and as the teacher to try and learn and figure out how we can live in a more peaceful world. Wow, that sounds like a pretty interesting course, Ralph. It does, and uh, I am all in favor of a more peaceful world, okay. as I think all of our listeners are. So, can you kind of wrap up what we've We've, we've hit a lot of points here today, and I think we're going to come, come back to some of uh, this in other podcasts, but you want to kind of wrap up some things to uh, uh, sort of uh, put together you know, what we've been looking at? Okay. Uh, well, I've mentioned uh, Jordan Peterson a number of times lately. Uh, he seems to have become my go-to guy. But one of the things I'm going to say to you... Uh, from him is uh, when you're talking to someone, always remember they might know something you don't. Mm -hmm. So your job is to find out what they know that you don't. And the other thing is that uh, conflict uh, morphing into cooperation generally takes a goal which is bigger than um, than most people. And the last thing I'm going to give you is from our uh, previous work on uh, Stoicism, and I'm going to say, remember that the goal of life is not happiness, it's to be useful. Wow, okay, Ralph. Yeah.
We've got some uh, interesting background music here too. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like gremlins have just invaded our screen. But so until next week, this is Jim and Ralph saying keep your sticker on the ice because we're all in this together. Thank you.